Hi, this is Tia Sirkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Stop this fight! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello and welcome to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys! Welcome to episode 178. We are going to be talking a lot on this episode about Rey and her visions through the Force. I'm very excited to talk about this. Rey is one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars, and anytime we could talk about Rey and sort of uh, how the Force works through her, it's just going to be very exciting for me. I'm not surprised at all due to your <laughs> Ray room dedication in your collection. I'm sure you're stoked about this one. <laughs> yeah. But before we do that, Jesse, as always, let's go ahead and talk on some of the Star Wars news for this week. And it's a very, very exciting news week for Star Wars. We have the Emmys coming up. The Emmys are actually going to be on September 20th. For the 72nd Emmy Awards ceremony, it'll be on ABC, but Jesse, check out this list. There are 15 Emmy nominations for The Mandalorian. 15. That is a ton. And so some of these are for Outstanding Drama Series, so The Mandalorian could win that, which is awesome. Um, outstanding character voiceover performance for Taika Waititi as IG-11. We've got outstanding guest actor in a drama series, and that's for Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon. Outstanding production design for a narrative program. Outstanding cinematography for a single camera series. Outstanding sci-fi fantasy costumes. Outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series. Outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, limited series, movie, or special. Outstanding music composition for a series. And of course, we watched the, uh, what was it, Disney Gallery thing on the composer? Yeah. yeah. If you if you've watched that, you can understand that some of these definitely are deserving of of uh nominations yeah i feel like all the sci-fi things we normally love when they get nominated because star wars always gets nominated a lot of other sci-fi things always get nominated but i feel like it's rare for us to actually win Mm -hmm. and it's not because i don't think it's deserving but i just think it's just not usually what wins these kinds of awards but I really think The Mandalorian was such a huge step in the in just not just Star Wars storytelling but just the way we film and view television series especially on a streaming service it's I just, there's just nothing like it the way it was filmed 
everything, the music, it was just beyond gorgeous. And yeah. everyone loved it. People who cared about Star Wars don't care about Star Wars. I just think that it does truly deserve to be recognized for its cinematic value yeah. that it brings to us. Well, I'm going to keep going on some of these nominations here. Outstanding. Oh, oh yeah. Outstanding <laughs> sound editing for a comedy or drama series and animation. Outstanding sound mixing for a comedy or drama series and animation. Outstanding special effects and outstanding stunt coordination for a drama series, limited series, or movie. So, I mean, you you can kind of hit on all this. Best program, best voiceover performances, production design, cinematography, costumes, editing, makeup music i mean it's it's almost like every category like it's crazy so deserved i really i i would honestly put money on this one that they will come home i'm gonna say five five they're gonna at least at the very least get five i'll put 10 10 credits on it (laughs) (laughs) so they're gonna get they're gonna win a third of what they've been nominated for at the least i think it would be crazy insane if they didn't get at least some of those yeah well in addition to that jesse mandalorian was not the only star wars thing that was nominated for an emmy go back to star wars resistance they are nominated for outstanding children's program so i know they won for season one i'm pretty sure didn't they win i think they won i think they did yeah so Hopefully season two will also win that, but you know how these award shows go, like you were talking about. Lots of nominations, very few actual wins, so who knows, especially if it won last time. I don't know if they'll win this time, but we'll see. Very exciting, though, nonetheless. In other Star Wars award news, um, we had news today of a win for Dr. Afra. Um, they won a GLAAD Media Award um, for the Dr. Afra comic. They've had 40 issues thus far um, and they won Outstanding Comic Book at the 31st Annual GLAAD Media Awards. So congratulations to everybody who works on Dr. Afra. I feel like I've heard so many good things about that comic series and it's just one I haven't gotten to yet, but I'm really that's it's on my list this is gonna be the next thing I delve into for Star Wars comics for sure oh yeah I've heard some fantastic things about Dr. Afra she's been so popular lately we've got I believe General Giant teased a concept for a mini bust of Dr. Afra that we're going to be getting probably next year we've already got Black Series figures vintage collection figures we've got a ton of comic books. She originally started in the Vader comic book series. I believe that's where she originally started. She kind of moved past that and now has her own. And like you just said, it's winning awards. So this is something that um, you know I cannot wait to kind of get into. Um, they've included her in games, uh, some of the newer Star Wars games too, like Outer Rim and Star Wars Destiny. She's got um, a presence there. So, I mean, this character's not going away. No, widely beloved. I've seen her be cosplayed um, at multiple different conventions, just seeing pictures of people online. So she's a beloved character. Yeah. 
All right, let's go ahead and talk about our main topic of discussion, Jesse, and this is all about Rey and her visions through the Force. Now, we'll go in chronological order, and obviously, we've seen all the movies now, right? We've got all the sequel trilogy done, and as we watch them now, we may have somewhat of different viewpoints of how to interpret the visions than when we watched it for the first time without like for example for the force awakens not knowing what happens in last jedi or the rise of skywalker you know maybe our opinions have changed so well maybe we could talk about that too like how did we think about this vision prior to seeing the other movies um but let's go ahead and and begin jesse with the force awakens now in the force awakens you may remember ray having a vision as she touches the lightsaber in the basement at Maz's castle. So I guess let's just break this down. Um, I guess, Jesse, before we do that, though, why don't you tell us about what you thought of this vision? Well, I even kind of thought about it starting a little bit before she even touches the lightsaber um, because she first kind of starts hearing her own voice in her head, hearing herself scream no. Um, And this all starts as Finn's deciding to walk away from her. He's deciding he doesn't want to be a part of everything she's involved in, and he's leaving her. And at that moment, she hears, no, come back. And it's her own little girl, self Ray screaming from her parents, leaving her. And so I just think that's a very profound connection that it's that same, it's bringing up that same old pain that she's always had and always struggled with of being left by her parents. She's experiencing it now through one of the first people she's probably, as far as we know, connected with since then, which is Finn. And, I kind of looked at that as that deep pain being brought up again, kind of thinking about Anakin's deep pain, right? Where he, Anakin, you know, a lot of his connection with the Force is there is a lot of pain there. There's a lot of suffering that that led him down the path that led him there. And Rey's feeling all those same feelings at that time. And that's when Anakin's lightsaber starts to call to her. Yeah. I really do feel like Ray ultimately just needs to take a look at herself. And that's something that I feel like is a theme throughout the entire sequel trilogy, right? It's not, it's not necessarily, I mean, it is, it's the call from the lightsaber that's calling to her, but it's also like, it almost seems like from a certain point of view that Ray kind of like hears a child in that basement right she's she's like she's almost like being drawn to the noises you know like almost like she's the only one that can hear it so i don't know maybe from her perspective that scream is in her head and she's being drawn to the basement you know by some other factor but it seemed like to me a little bit that like hearing herself scream not knowing it was herself is is sort of like that reason why it was pulling her down there and it reminds me, too, of what we see in The Rise of Skywalker when they're on um, Kylo's ship. I believe that one was the finalizer. I get the First Order destroyers mixed up all the time. Uh, but when they're on the space trash, they, you know, <laughs> they're going to rescue Chewbacca, right? And then Finn and Poe are like, we gotta go this way. And then 
Ray's like, like almost like taking him back a little bit. She's like, like the daggers on the ship. We need it. And then she starts like going a different direction. Like she's being pulled mm-hmm. by the force toward that dagger. You know, and so to me, it was kind of a, a similar situation with this. Like, she's being pulled down into the basement, whether that be by the lightsaber itself, or she thinks she hears herself in the in the basement. And so, yeah, I think it's it's very interesting to kind of make the connections between the two films and sort of see Ray again with that continuity being drawn to something. Yeah. I haven't thought of it that way, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and continue to, to talk about this. And for me, it's, it's almost like this vision was her call, the hero's call. Every character or every main character that we get in Star Wars sort of has that, uh, that the call to, as a part of the hero's journey. And to me, this was, this was it. You know, we, we see sort of flashbacks of what happened on Jakku and then we also see some images of the future and where potentially she could go like we see Luke put his hand on R2 I guess that was in the past though right because that's right yeah Um, it kind of like feel like jumps like around where it's like her past her future like keeps going in and out yeah and um so to me obviously you know the vision itself seemed to be that call and then after she you know comes out of that vision she's like i'm never touching that thing again she starts running away that's the rejection of the call which is also part of the hero's journey and um you know jesse you at one point i was trying to come up with uh, an idea to write for an article and you sh- and you're like well you should write about ray's hero's journey i was like that's a good idea started <laughs> writing about ray and then it kind of turned into like a merchandise article about ray but I think I'm going to go back at some point and write more on Rey and her hero's journey because this, just just one scene with this vision seemed like it was the call and the rejection right away. Yeah, I totally see that. For for this, I like I broke it down by like, I was kind of, when I was listening to these, I was focusing the most on the voices that we heard mm-hmm. and then kind of combining them with how they relate to what she's seeing at the moment of the voices is kind of how I broke this vision down. I don't know about how you were, I don't know what, what angle you were kind of looking at it at, but that was when I was going through, I was going through scene by scene and quote by quote. Okay. Well, why don't we do that then? So what, what do you have first? So the first thing we hear is Yoda, right? He says it's it's energy. He's describing the force. But you just first hear him say it's energy and it stops. And when he says that, you kind of see lights flickering and she looks in, like she's in like an imperial looking hallway with like those weird spiral mechanicals lining the walls. And that kind of reminded me of Exegol. Like we don't see that exact image to my memory ever again but it just had a very exegol feeling of like an ancient technology mixed with you know modern technology weird ancient tech looking so Um, that actually we know what that is where where ray is at in that point of her vision we mm -hmm. we know exactly what that is that is the hallway on bespin where luke is fighting vader and vader's like throwing stuff at him and stuff so here i'll send you a picture yeah. Oops, that's not it. 
<laughs> You're texting it to me? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we know we know what that what that hallway is, and around that same time, we hear Luke also scream "No!" Right? Because that's also but, like the Bespin scene. Yes, I have stuff about that too. But but just going back to that hallway, I'm sorry, I like really got nifty here. <laughs> That hallway, I know I, I did not recognize it. I, I That makes complete sense now. But the way I kind of was interpreting it, so maybe this is a little too far-fetched, a little too, I was reaching too much, maybe. Um, but I was kind of viewing, because with Yoda saying it's an energy, and at the same time we're seeing this like electric, these flickering lights, mm-hmm. and it just kind of reminds me of like her affinity you know, to the dark side, her ability to use force lightning. And obviously leading into what you're talking about with Luke's cry, it's her lineage from Palpatine. So then we hear Yoda say surrounds us. And that's when we hear Luke cry and he's screaming no. And he's also dealing with that same pain that Ray is going to deal with down the line of accepting their lineage Right, because... Um, the dark side. Right, because at that point, when Luke is screaming no, that's when he's having that conversation with Vader about him being his father. Right. Struggling to accept their dark parentage. <laughs> and then it kind of moves into... Then, you know, Yoda says it binds us, and that's when we see Luke in the ruins, um, which we later find out is the ruins of, you know... Ben destroying the temple that he had built um, and he's hooded in a cloak and he's got his metal hand on R2. Um, For that one, I feel like it could mean a bunch of stuff. I have like multiple different ideas of what it could mean. Um, Obviously with, um, you know, it could mean just the symbolization of you know, when you say binds us, it could be kind of a symbol of Luke accepting his lineage and leading him eventually to his bond with his father that that allows him to save him and vice versa. Um, that's just me kind of really thinking into the word binds us when we were looking at Luke and we just heard him scream no. And then also... Um, I thought it could also be maybe just that R2-D2 binds us through all nine movies, um, through the Clone Wars. He it, he carries us kind of through the memories. He's a character that kind of binds all the stories together. So I think it's kind of fitting that R2 is there um, for that quote. And as well as just kind of looking at Luke saying goodbye and breaking a bond. Um his bond to the force, his bond to his friends and his family, and, and leading to the decision of cutting himself off from the force. So I just thought that like those that image at the same time of Yoda saying binds us, that's just that was just everything that was running through my head, kind of. Yeah. So to me it was almost like obviously this was, you know, a force vision and when Yoda was talking, he's talking about the force, its energy surrounds us, it binds us, and that's something that Obi-Wan says in the original Star Wars. There's an energy field, mm-hmm. that, you know, created by all living things. It surrounds us, it 
penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. So this is, uh, you know, something that Obi-Wan had originally said. And for me, due to the fact that this is a force vision, it seemed to me like when Yoda says it binds us, at the same time we see Luke, um, I, I feel like that was almost like like Rey being bound to Luke in a way. And, mm-hmm. and even Kylo as well, because knowing what we know now and what had happened in that scene, you know, there's going to be a connection between Rey and Kylo as well. Yeah, like it's like binding her to her destiny almost. Yeah. And then we obviously we see Kylo kill Constable Zubio in the rain. I just felt like that was just kind of showing him as a monster. What? She... <laughs> Wait, what? That's not Zubio. It's not? No. Who is it? I thought it was. No, that's just like some random guy. I think he's like a clan leader or something. It looks like Constable Zuvio. No. He's got his hat on. No. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Constable Zuvio was a constable on Jakku. He's like a police officer on Jakku. I know. I just felt like it was like him like killing her past like Jakku. I know it's raining, but, like, I don't know. It's a forest vision. <laughs> okay, so another guy in a hat that looks like Constable Zubio in the rain. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, but, anyways, Carla's committing murder in the rain. Um, just kind of solidifying that that vision she has of him as a monster, what she knows him to be as of right now. Um, And then we hear Obi-Wan say, the force will be. (laughs) We hear Obi-Wan say, the force will be, and then he stops. And that's when Rey kind of stands to face Kylo, and he's surrounded by the Knights of Ren, and he, like, turns and starts coming straight for her to confront her. Um, And I feel like that is just... Like, Obi-Wan is saying, the Force will be, and that kind of is, like, a fear. Like, the Force is going to be complex for you. Like, you're going to have this darkness that you're going to be wrestling with, this fear of Kylo as a monster, as fear of, you know, just the dark side of the Force. Like, this is going to be your Force struggle. It would be very strange. Oh, yeah, 100%. It would be very strange for Rey to have a vision through the Force and not have some form of, like, Kylo Ren, Ben Solo involved at all, you know? Right. It makes perfect sense that he's there. He's a huge part of her future. And, um, you know, I think it makes sense. Agreed. And then um, then we hear Rey hearing her, then we see Ray hearing herself again screaming no and we actually see little Ray um, with Ankar Plutt being left behind on Jakku and as her parents ship is flying away it kind of goes into the sun and it creates this kind of image of like a it goes like red and rectangular cutout and just a few scenes later we see like that same kind of image kind of emanating from when Starkiller base finally like yeah shoots out its laser to kill the Hosnian system like it's that same kind of like light image coming through that big like rectangular band in the planet that like rectangulates like the 
the laser beam and the sun even has those same kind of like laser beamy qualities. So that's what that kind of like looked like a lot to me in that moment. Yeah. But we'll talk about this a little bit when we talk about the next one uh, with Kylo. And he kind of talks about how what Ray's weakness is looking for her parents everywhere in Luke and in Han. Um, and so to me, in that scene that we're talking about here, Ray looks down. She's like there. She like looks down and sees her mini self being dragged away by Unkar Plutt. And that's uh, obviously a huge moment of pain for her, looking up at her parents leaving in the Bestoon legacy. And that's why she stayed on Jakku that whole time, waiting for her parents to return and marking those little tally marks on her wall, just waiting for them, constantly wanting to return after she had already left. You know, it's not for a cute boyfriend. It's for her parents (laughs) that she's waiting for. You know, and so with that relation to Starkiller Base, as you were saying, what happens on Starkiller Base, Han gets killed on Starkiller Base. So, you know, viewing him as sort of like that father figure, I think having her parents ship fly away and then that symbol of Starkiller Base come up, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that that constant struggle and tie that keeps pulling her to her past and not allowing her to, to move forward. Yeah. Familial tie. Um, and then Obi-Wan, we hear him say Ray. Um, and the scene changes. We're, we're there. We're on Starkiller base. It's snowing. And it shows her her most immediate future for this film, at least, where she's going to face off with Kylo Ren. Um, and at that moment, that's when she kind of falls back into, the, into Maz's castle and we hear Obi-Wan say, these are your first steps. Yeah. Um, obviously, into a larger world of yeah. the Force. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of relation to what happens with Luke as well when Obi-Wan is telling him, you must learn the ways of the Force if you want to come with me to Alderaan. You know? And then Luke's like, I'm not going to Alderaan. I'm late. I got work. I got, you know, <laughs> all this other stuff. Moisture like- evaporator. <laughs> I'm in for it as it is, you know, and that's sort of like Luke, again, rejecting the hero's call. Um, And then when Luke finally decides you've taken your first step into a larger world, you know, when he's on when he's on the Death Star. And so I think with Rey, these are your first steps. Again, it was said by Obi-Wan. Um, and I think that makes, again, perfect sense, just sort of like relating back to the hero's journey and her first step is having this vision, right? Feeling the pull down to that lightsaber or down to that screaming child, grabbing the lightsaber and having this vision. I mean, up until this point, we hadn't seen her use a Jedi mind trick. We hadn't seen her really use the force, knowingly anyway. And so you can imagine the shock on her in her mind, you know, but at least she kind of understands at this point that maybe the galaxy needs her a little bit, you know? Right. She, yeah, I feel like this is her, like, her recognizing the force in herself for what it is. Yeah. But then obviously she's terrified of it and rejects it. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's, at that point, you know, Maz, you know, tries to pull her in and and get her excited about it. And she's like, yeah, that's when she's like, I'm never touching that thing again. (laughs) It's done. Yeah. Of course, we know that she uses it all the time and even reforges it 
to use it as time goes on. So she lied. She is touching it again. <laughs> Uh, but Jesse, let's go ahead and move on to the next one from The Last Jedi. And this is one where she kind of gets pulled down into the dark side cave. We call it like a mirror cave because she sees a bunch of herself. But what were your thoughts on this one? This one, I feel like, is obviously we see a lot less. It's a lot simpler in a way of a vision, but it also makes it a lot more abstract. Um I feel like I remember first watching this and just without any context of the rise of Skywalker or anything, just being like, I have no idea what that was supposed <laughs> to mean. Yeah. Um, but cause it was like, if you felt watching it in that moment with that context, you felt exactly how she felt where you're like, Oh, well, I thought I was going to learn something, but I didn't. Um, but kind of looking back, I feel like you can kind of see, it kind of going back into that fear of herself, the fear, I feel like I saw a lot of the fear of um, loneliness, of mm-hmm. just being just, you know, a life of just perpetually being left. So that like vision kind of that mirrored vision of just seeing herself on and on and on indefinitely was just kind of just the ultimate loneliness, the ultimate trap of just forever being alone forever always being left yeah well here's what ray says in this vision she says i should have felt trapped or panicked but i didn't it didn't go on forever i knew it was leading somewhere that at the end it would show me what i came to see let me see them my parents please. And all the rays are saying that. So there's a little bit of kind of an echo, you know, the scene we're talking about to me, I loved it. I absolutely loved it because kind of like in the first one, uh, in the force awakens, when she has that vision, we talked about her kind of being drawn by herself, being pulled by the scream of her younger self, um, and kind of embracing her own destiny in that way with this. I mean, we hear as the scene goes on and she ends up in the hut with Kylo and Kylo's talking about their parents, and kind of like I said before, that's your greatest weakness, looking for your parents everywhere, um, and all that stuff. I think, and I'm really proud of this, Ray has to tackle this herself. This is not something that she can go seeking other people for. This is not something that Kylo Ren's going to give her. This is something that she needs to discover on her own. And that's why when she sees those two silhouettes at the end in the little like ice thing and she clears it off so she can see what's there, it's herself. Ray needs to come to terms with herself and come to terms with, you know, where she's meant to be before anything else can happen. And I think that's uh, something that all of us in our own lives can kind of take a lesson from. Yeah, I 100% agree. I feel like it's that's the moment where she kind of does take both Maz and Kylo's advice, but they're coming from different ends, right? Like Maz is like, it's the light, like it's wonderful, like the belonging you seek is in front of you, and Kylo's like, let the past die, and and she does. She she even you know Luke is kind of the past too, so yeah. she's trying to bring a relic of the past back to save them all, and that's just she's so focused on him being their savior that she doesn't realize that it's it's her she's the one that that 
the galaxy really needs right now. Yeah. I don't know if you realize this, but Kylo Ren bookends Ray's journey in this vision. So mm-hmm. they have a they have their little, you know, force connection where she's like, why'd you kill your father, you know, and then Ben goes into talk about the story, or Kyle goes into talking about the story of what happened with Luke, Ray gets kind of like upset, and then she goes looking for this dark side cave, pulls her in, she has a whole vision, and then as she continues talking, she's in the hut, she's all wet, and Kylo shows up there, and so he's on the front, and he's on the back. And I think this could be a way for Kylo to try to get a hold of Rey. And that's when they have their hands touch and things like that. And then everything goes crazy. But I feel like, you know, Rey says in this scene with Kylo in the hut, I thought I'd find answers here. I was wrong. I've never felt so alone. So do you think that through failure or through what she deemed as failure by coming to Octo, Luke refusing to help her and her actually willingly going to this like dark side cave after Luke was even like, you know, you went straight to the dark. I've seen this darkness before. How do you think like with this vision, do you think that was something that Kylo maybe got in or I mean Snoke even said like I cre- I bridged your mind so this was a Snoke or was this Palpatine that sort of orchestrated this that gave her the vision yeah because kylo is that what you mean yeah and like because she felt so alone and because kylo told her the truth about happened with his past with luke she went looking for this dark side cave she went asking questions about her parents and we know that her grandfather was obviously not her her parent but part of this lineage so I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. was it was it all connected? Was it Snoke that bridged their minds and Snoke that drew her to the dark side cave? Or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the first time thinking of it that way, but it definitely could be. I could see it being, you know, a failure on both their ends. You know, Ray seeing it, like you said, as a failure, her, her mission to, to get Luke. And it is a failure in a way. If it, if it is, you know, Kylo or Snoke or Palpatine putting this into her head, it was meant to, if it was from them, it was it was meant to isolate her, to make her feel that, that deep loneliness that she admits to feeling um, at the end, talking to Kylo. It, it, I feel like it was meant to draw him, draw her to Kylo, but it's just, it's obviously it was a failure. Mm-hmm. So it, they, they just failed on both ends because drawing Ray to Kylo, as we know now, is what drew Ben back into the picture. Yeah. I really find it interesting that Kylo, at the end of this vision, says your parents threw you away like garbage, and then later on he says that they sold her for drinking money, and he really just goes after the fact that she's looking for her parents, and that's what she's hoping Mm -hmm. to see in this vision. And if you think to, like, the Rise of Skywalker, when she's talking to Palpatine, and Palpatine's like, Luke had his father here, there to save him or whatever, but the only family you have here is me. And I think kind of at that point, you know, after realizing that her parents tried to save her and confronting her family, some things are stronger than blood, you know. And I think it might have even been, 
I don't I don't know. I don't know if Kylo had any part of that, but it seemed like she was already over like I don't want to say it seemed like she was over her parents after this, but I think a certain part of her accepted the fact that Kylo might be telling the truth about them. Yeah, I agree. I think it is part of her acceptance of, you know, who she is. And not that at this moment, in this movie, she necessarily knows who she is exactly, but just the acceptance of, of yeah, of moving forward, of, of just taking things as they are. And as we know now, just accepting that there is, you know, there's not going to be a Vader figure, like you said, that comes and saves her. But she builds this bond with Ben. And so the the Emperor, again, underestimates, you know, the bonds, the true bonds of... He, he allows himself to kind of focus on that family thing. Like, he thinks he's, like, got it all figured out now because she has no family to save her. And he forgets that, you know a bond of, of friendship or even, you know, true love could be just as, just as strong. And he underestimates it's obviously Ben, um, being that for Ray in that moment. Yeah. I really like in this vision and it took me a couple times to watch it, to figure this out. I remember just noticing it in the theater that she's backwards. So like when she, when she falls down into the water and then she gets up and she goes through and then there's that giant line of rays and she lifts her hand up to snap her, she's got a wrist guard on and her wrist guard is always on her left hand. But while she's snapping, she's using her right hand mm -hmm. and it's all, that's what pops up. So it's all backwards. It's all mirrored. That's why it's kind of referred to as like the mirror cave. And I think it's great because as we talked about Ray facing herself, look at yourself in the mirror. And if you want a better life, you're going to be the one to change it, you know? Right. And also that kind of comes back to us in the rise of Skywalker when she's in the second death star and she has that really short vision of, you know, herself, um, where it's the fear of her own darkness and she, and she fights her own fear physically. Yeah. Um, but while she's walking into that, we kind of have that very similar looking mirror effect as she first enters that little room, um, of just like seeing herself from all these different angles. And it just like immediately like takes you back to the, the mirror cave vision where she's facing herself ultimately. I love how they've made that a theme, too. And we talked a little bit about the similarities between Luke and Rey. And we have Luke, if you remember, to his dark side cave on Dagobah. He slices the helmet off of Vader and then his face, his own face, shows up in Vader. You know, so you got to mm -hmm. it's very, it's very similar. And then I, I really like in Clone Wars, too, when Yoda's kind of going through all his force training and he fights that little dark side Yoda, you know on the force planet or whatever they call it to face his demons um and face yourself you know i think it's it's cool how they've been keeping that continuity and a lot of the major characters have done so yep everyone's got both light and dark in them yeah all right any final thoughts on raised visions um no i just i really love kind of thinking about going back like, like as I was doing this thinking about each vision it just feeling like nothing made sense and now so much we can we can pull so much sense out of it I feel like we you know I wish we could go back and listen to us talk about 
especially the Force Awakens um, vision. Like, I want to, like, re-listen to us. I should have done that before we recorded. Re-listen to what we said then um, and see, you know, how right. I don't think we were recording then. Oh, no, we weren't. I wasn't there. But I wonder what I thought or what you thought then. Yeah. But... Because it, I just remember just being like, wow, this, I mean, I kind, it kind of like if you take everything out of context, yes, you can kind of see how it's like, yes, this is your future, this is your past, this is Luke's past, blah, blah, blah. But like now it just means so much more after the whole trilogy is done. Yeah. Going back after we know what we know of the Bestoon legacy and Ochi of Bestoon and why she was left on that planet and then seeing her vision of herself screaming, being dragged away by Unkar Plutt and seeing that ship fly away, I mean, we know what that means now and we know what that is and that her parents did not throw her away and her parents did not sell her for drinking money. They were saving her and protecting her. And obviously she didn't understand that, you know, and so I don't know, I, I, I really do enjoy kind of going back and watching some of these older films and, you know, thinking about the way that we thought about them previously and sort of having your mind change a little bit. And I love having my mind changed because mm-hmm. that means we weren't expecting it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I feel like there were so many good surprises to be had if you stayed off the the delves the dark deep ends of the internet spoilers um <laughs> i was yeah pleasantly surprised and very happy to to be wrong about many of our predictions <laughs> yeah it's fun to sort of analyze it and try and come up with theories but it's also kind of pointless because most of the time they're wrong Honestly, I end up being a little disappointed when I'm right. I don't want to be able to guess it. I don't want to be <laughs> yeah. like I don't want to be the storyteller. I want to be I want to be surprised. I, I definitely am not like I'm not a storyteller, so it shouldn't end up necessarily the way I predict yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> Well, obviously, just because we have certain thoughts doesn't mean that we're right. It's just a force vision, so there could be many different interpretations of these visions. So if you guys have your own thoughts on the visions, um, make sure to let us know on social media, or you can even email us if you'd like. Um, But Jesse, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the handle at Twin Suns Outpost. All right, and if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, and if you guys have anything that you'd like to tell us or... um, Talk to us about how's your Star Wars, or just say hi. Feel free to email us. We have a Twin Suns email address, which is uh, twinsunsoutpost at gmail.com. We'd love to kind of have conversations with you guys and talk to you guys, and always fun to talk Star Wars. Thank you so much for listening to episode 178 of Twin Suns Transmission. We'll be back again next week, and as always, may the Force be with you. 
Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Rendezvous point on Halloween. This time you will murder the meat and cheese.